0: Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, April 29th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mayor Jyoti Gondek. We discuss the recent uptick in violent crime in the city and increased crime on public transit as well.
1: Next, a look at the headlines south of the border from the latest aid being sent to help Ukrainians in their battle against the Russian invasion to the upcoming midterm elections. We catch up with Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington correspondent.
0: The Calgary Flames have made it to the playoffs. We hear all about the plans that are now in place from the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation to bring fans together with a free event each game day at Stampede Park. And finally, it's Canadian Independent Bookstore Day. We speak with Ryan Smith, co-owner
1: of Calgary's Owl's Nest Books. Ryan explains the importance of the day and what's being done to celebrate the occasion. Well, with upwards of 50 shootings so far in the first four months of 2022, Calgarians are concerned for their safety as well. A a different issue, but a similar uh, line is public transit, where Calgarians are having a hard time feeling safe and secure. To comment on these incidents and and more is Mayor Jyoti Gondak with our weekly chat. Good morning to you, Madam Mayor. Good morning, Andy. Well, I know these are are two different issues, but at the same time, uh, security and safety, top of minds for Calgarians at this point. I'm wondering if, if you can tell us, you know, obviously, Council taking it seriously. What are the conversations and what are the steps that are being taken?
2: Now, one of the biggest things that we have done is ensure that all the organizations that have an impact on safety and security in our city have been coming together. There have been at least uh, three occasions where we have had uh, people who are property owners that are seeing crime on the rise, people that are um, providing social services for folks that are vulnerable right now. We've been bringing them together to discuss whether people are just feeling uncomfortable or actually unsafe. And we are getting into a situation where there is a criminal element that we need to address. Calgary Police Service is always an active partner with us. And we are trying to do the best we can to ensure that there are solutions in place where collaboration is the key. Um, To that end, we have $4 million that was given to us by the provincial government in an effort to um, bolster downtown. And we are interested as a council in putting that towards safety measures. In that area, the other thing I will say is Calgary is the number one city in this country when it comes to recovering from the pandemic and activity downtown. So what you're seeing is as more and more people are coming back there are more incidents like this. So we're taking it seriously and trying to find solutions.
0: And how about specifically with transit? I mean, we're starting to see transit numbers increase as people get more, uh, you know, going back to work more normally and taking transit, but a lot of people just don't feel safe. We're we're seeing a lot of, you know, homeless folks who who can't find a place that's warm enough, so they're going into the transit stops and obviously drug use, etc. What do you do specifically about that?
2: So, you know, the first couple of efforts were limiting the hours of some of the stations. Then there were efforts working with our outreach partners to ensure that people who were seeking shelter were taken to more appropriate places where they could get full support services. We added more transit officers as well. So we continue to layer on additional solutions as we can. Uh, But I can tell you that our peace officers and bylaw officers work very closely with Calgary Police Service to ensure that Social issues are separated from criminal issues, and then we're addressing everything.
1: I remember when the C-train started at Anderson and basically ended at uh, the university. Mayor Gondek, I have been around that long. Um, Now it is obviously much more extensive, but one of the things we've always enjoyed is kind of that open concept. You could just walk onto the platform. Sure, you needed a ticket, but is that something that has been discussed or should be discussed, having some form of a turnstile or a check-in booth in order to even get access to these platforms?
2: Those are definitely conversations that have been had. And as cities grow, there are growing pains that go along with them. So it's not something that's off the table. But like you said, we've had this very open system based on trust. um, And we may need to revisit it to put some infrastructure in place. So once again, as you have mentioned, um, because we are a growing city,
0: there are different solutions we need to look at at this point in time. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the revitalization of the core. And this week, you know, we heard further news. It's not a new concept, but that it's actually going ahead that we're going to flip some empty Calgary office towers to residential $31 million taxpayer subsidy. This is key in in changing what the core looks like right now, isn't it? Yeah, the uh,
2: quarter of a billion dollars that council invested into downtown is certainly seeing results. We are drawing in... $117 million of private sector investment through the uh, roughly $30 million that we have put into these three projects as an incentive to do those conversions. And it's resulting in take-up of over, I think it was 414,000 square feet and 400 residential units. So it's a very big, good news story.
1: We're on the doorstep here, uh, Madam Mayor, of a playoff run for the Calgary Flames. Uh, we're hearing about the excitement and the impact this could have on downtown businesses, beltline businesses, and, and just you know, a spring in the step for the city. Your thoughts on the importance and the, the impact that the playoffs will have in our city.
2: Oh, I think everyone's excited about this. We've got the big C outside of uh, City Hall right now. Um, people are definitely feeling the energy in the air. A playoff run is, is unmatchable when it comes to creating excitement in the city i know our businesses are very excited um it's just it's one of those things that really rallies the community and it gives you something to root for so i think we will see a lot of calgarians
0: um feeling pretty good for the next little while let's hope it's a long while mayor as we i hope it's a very long while (laughs) deeper and deeper into the playoff run for sure thank you so much for joining us have a wonderful weekend thank you you too appreciate it calgary mayor Jody gondek The U.S. and
1: Russia exchanged prisoners this week, and the states also sent more weapons and aid to Ukraine. With details, we are joined by Jennifer Johnson, Global News Washington correspondent. Good morning to you, Jennifer. Good
3: morning. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for being here. Jennifer, can you break down the latest on the aid and weapons the U.S. is sending to Ukraine?
3: Well, the president announced yesterday that he has uh, presented Congress with a proposal to send another $33 billion in um, aid to Ukraine. That's both um, for military aid and for humanitarian aid. That's the bulk of it. But it's $33 billion. The price tag raising a lot of eyebrows. Um, There is a lot of bipartisan support in Congress to providing military aid to Ukraine, but that number was higher than anyone expected. And the Republicans are now suggesting they may try to attach um, immigration reform onto that bill. And so I don't see it being passed um, very quickly.
0: Jennifer, kind of on that note, is the support and aid that Biden wants to send to Ukraine, is that helping his approval ratings in the general public at all? Well, I think, Sue and Andy, I think the president...
3: It seemed that he's doing a pretty decent job when it comes to Ukraine. I mean, there's been some criticism, but not widespread criticism. Along with his announcement yesterday, he also um, announced that um, the Treasury Department, the Justice Department, are going to start seizing any assets that Russian oligarchs have here in the United States. Those are usually big yachts and big homes and businesses, um, things like that. So all of that is popular. The problem with the president's approval rating is that the economy is terrible. And um, inflation is at its highest level in 40 years in the United States. Gas prices are extremely high for what this country is used to. Mortgage rates are going up. Stock market is not doing well for most people. Most people are losing a lot of money in their portfolios. So, you know, there's an old expression in American politics. It's it's the economy, stupid. And um, that's, that's what's hurting the president right now.
1: Lots going on, it sounds uh, to be the case, uh, and on the minds of Americans. I'm wondering, can you break down what the American uh, viewpoint is when it comes to the war in Ukraine? Is this something that is top of mind? Is it a concern, do you think, among the general public, Jennifer?
3: I think the general public supports the president and is, you know, obviously echoing the sentiments of the world, very angry at Russia for this unprovoked war. So there is a lot of support for getting military aid to Ukraine and helping them in any way they can. Um, as I said, the problem is going to be with this particular number. I mean, the, the president's gone to Congress for you know $2 billion here, a $1 billion there. But the $33 billion is raising a lot of eyebrows, and I think the Republicans are seeing this as an opportunity. What's going on with immigration is there was a... Um, it's something called Title 42 that was passed under the Trump administration, which prevented immigrants from coming in. It stopped about 120,000 uh, migrants from coming in from the border, from the Mexico border, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, the president, President Biden, has decided he's going to lift that. I believe the date is May 23rd. So the Republicans, and particularly the, the um, governor of Texas, are really fighting him on this because they're Fearful, there's going to be just a flood of migrants coming over the border. So the Republicans are going to try to get something about Title 42 into that bill for Ukraine.
0: Let's talk about an exchange of prisoners we heard about this week. This is between the U.S. and Russia. What do we know about Trevor Reed? Well, that was such a shock. So Trevor Reed was a
3: soldier over in Russia, and he allegedly. Hit or something, a Russian police officer. Whether it happened or not, I mean, this is Russian's mm. version of what ha- Russia's version of what happened. That happened in the summer of 2019, and so amidst all this, you know, the war and really a lot of tension between probably the highest tension in decades between the United States and Russia. Yeah. There was this secretive deal that happened where uh, Trevor Reed was was exchanged for a. Um, Russian drug trafficker who was serving uh, a a long sentence in the United States. He had served the majority of his sentence, and the White House was quick to point out that this man that they were trading Trevor Reed for uh, had had served the majority of his sentence, and so it was a good deal for America, but the priority was to, to try to get Trevor Reed out of Russia.
1: All right, let's talk. Uh, switch gears and talk about the midterms uh, coming up just around the <laughs> corner here. How important are they going to be for the Democrats this time out?
3: Well, the Democrats now control um, the White House, the House, and the Senate. And so traditionally, when a Democrat wins the White House, you know, the party doesn't do well at the midterms. And that goes the other way. If a Republican wins the White House, the midterms generally don't go well for that party. So I would say that the Democrats have a chance of losing both the, both control of the House and the Senate. Um, it's going to be really tight, but I do think that given the sentiments of people in the country, they don't see the country going in the right direction for the most part. That's what polls are showing. They don't like what what's happening with the economy. I think the Democrats are in trouble for the midterm elections. And so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of change.
0: Uh, switching gears entirely, but the FDA announcing a plan this week is something we've done in Canada, did a few years back now, but uh, they'll ban the sale of menthol-flavored cigarettes and, and, and saying it could save hundreds of thousands of lives, obviously millions and millions of health care dollars if you get people stopping smoking. What, has there been any kind of reaction from Americans on that?
3: Not really. <laughs> um, you know, Americans have over, you know, years and decades you know, the smoking has gotten less and less and less. I think there's a lot of support for, you know, more restrictions. I mean, it's very expensive to buy cigarettes in America, a lot of taxes. And so, um, you know, I I think there's a lot of support for that. I mean, obviously not among smokers, but Mm -hmm. among the general public, you can't really smoke anywhere in most states in the United States. I mean, you can't, and indoors. Um, So I I think that's something that, you know, that's going to get some support. But you know, it's hard. it's hard to predict. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm below the Mason-Dixon line, but I'm not in the South where there's more, you know, smoking and more tobacco companies.
1: Okay. Interesting. We covered a lot of ground here, Jennifer. Thank you for your time and, and have a great weekend.
3: You too. Thanks guys for having me.
1: Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington correspondent. And uh, it's interesting. I I don't even know what it is. Is it $20? It's, it's uh, my friends who smoke, uh, you know, it's very expensive. And I think that when she's talking about expensive in the U.S., it's probably akin to when they say gas is skyrocketing and right. it's basically $4 a gallon, which is a dollar a liter. Yeah. Compared to, you know, here where I think the average across the nation is about $1.70 something, $1.80. Um, always in perspective.
0: Very much. Know. How many people do you know that smoke still?
1: Very few. I'd have to really dig into my I
0: have two day. people in my entire life that smoke. That's it now.
1: Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Oh, we have come a long way, and it, mm-hmm. some of the restaurants still in town you go to—they've got a glass encasing, not for COVID, but that was the former smoking room. Mm. So there's still some throwbacks in town, but yeah, we've we've come a long way. Mm-hmm. They finished top of the Pacific Division, and hopes are high for the Flames' 2022 playoff run. Joining us now to help uh, set up around one is Dallas Kitt, manager of events with Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation. Good morning to you, Dallas. Good morning. We're unclear whether or not we'll be playing Dallas or Nashville, but we do have details. We do know what the experience will be like uh, when the puck drops on game one. So that's what you're here to help us with. Uh, what are we going to be seeing, Dallas?
4: Yeah, absolutely. We are super excited to get playoffs off and running again. Uh, we're excited to have the Flames fans and welcome the Sea of Red down to our Red Lot Community Viewing Party. So if fans can remember back in 2019, that was the first time we launched the Red Lot uh, Party. It is located in 3 at Stampede Park. So it's a fun, free event, and you can come and watch the game uh, right there from uh, right outside the saddome. Dome. And it's family-friendly, right? Absolutely. Family friendly. The kids have a blast. They get up by the stage. They're dancing around. There's a giant 40 foot screen. We've got tons of entertainment on the stage. You know, there's Harvey the Hound, Well Flames alumni, the on the bench crew. There's just a tons of prizes to be won. There's so much stuff and a fun atmosphere to be had down at Red Lock.
1: Love it. Is this something you need tickets for? Need to book in advance, Dallas? Or could you just kind of decide day of that this is something you want to take in?
4: Yeah, day of. And you know what? We are open three hours prior to puck drop, so there's plenty of time to come check it out. Uh, you, If you do have tickets into the game, we suggest swinging by Red Lot in advance and come watch the early game. You know, have you know, there's food and drink options, so you can come there and then head inside. Or if you don't have a ticket to the game, just come to the Red Lot and stay there the entire time. Uh, we will be open all the way up to the end of the game. Uh, Um, And like I said, three hours prior to puck drop is when doors open free, absolutely free. Welcome all ages.
0: It's going to be so much fun. Okay, Dallas, that's for home games. What about for away games? Anything planned so far for us to be able to view those? Uh, not
4: at the moment you know you'll have to watch them at home from from your couch but uh we hope that you know should the flames uh, advance through the playoffs that maybe there'll be some more plans to show some away games at that time but i think for now, you mean yeah.
0: when the flames
4: <laughs> we try to be careful with our wording yes <laughs> but uh we're very hopeful that we do see the team advance
1: from a business standpoint this has to be win-win because not only are we ramping up getting back to normal we have a, a normalcy when you're sitting in the dome, but this has got to be good for job creation and the vibrancy of what you do at Calgary Sports and Entertainment as well.
4: Yeah, absolutely. With the red lot alone, we've seen hiring of, you know, 150 plus uh staff just to come and help run that event uh, for each of those home games. Um, and, you know, inside the Saddle Dome, we're full capacity. Everything is buzzing, uh, lots of opportunities. It really is just nice to get back to a bit of that normalcy and really celebrate the Flames and have that energy in the city.
0: Fantastic, Dallas. Thank you so much. I think all of us are really excited and, and you know, obviously, yes, cautious, but uh, anticipating <laughs> this will be a long run for our Calgary Flames. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Dallas Kit is the manager of events with Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation, and I think it, it's great that they've brought back the Red Lot, and it allows everybody to get down there and kind of get outside and celebrate, even if you can't uh, get your tickets to the game.
1: And beyond the Red Lot, what a you know, 17th Avenue, the Bell Line District, the things sure. that really brought the Red Mile to life back in '04. The, the economics of it, yeah, I think, I was it's massive. Say. And not just that, the camaraderie, and I think we all need to to, to come to. Uh, this might surprise you, Sue, but we've been a little divided have over we, the past couple have of years. We? If we can come together over our little hockey team, uh huh, that would be a good thing.
0: Positivity, just yep. feel good, helping the businesses get back. All of us joining together, holding hands, singing Kumbaya. I think this is going to work out well for us. I love a real live book in my hands. And I have no doubt that Ryan feels the same. None of that Kindle stuff online <laughs> reading of books. Ryan Smith joins us, co-owner of Owl's Nest Books. Hi, Ryan.
5: Hi, thanks so much for having us.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Are you a, a guy who, who likes to have a physical book in your hand when you're reading?
5: Oh, very much so. Um, the feeling of a book, uh, and as many know, the smell of a book mm-hmm. uh, is really what makes the experience um for reading, um, yeah, we are, we are all very big fans of a physical book in a person's hands.
1: The experience for reading is one thing, but I would think that the uh, whole meaning of bookstores had to change to, you know, focusing on an experience with, you know, how we can get everything online these days. But now it's super important and it, it's a real trip to go to a bookstore, isn't it?
5: Oh, especially uh, for a local bookstore, um, many customers uh, look forward to coming in and are always very excited to uh, visit because they get to speak with a, uh, a, loc- with, with a bookseller uh, who knows the community, knows what sort of local books and local authors uh, are, 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 are available um, and are excited to share what they think those customers might like um, because we do have the opportunity to get to know our customers so well.
0: Well, Ryan, with it being Canadian Independent Bookstore Day, I mean, here in Calgary, Owl's Nest, how long has that store been around?
5: Uh, Owl's Nest has been in Calgary for over 40 years, yeah. uh, the current location in Britannia Shopping Plaza for over 25. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we, we're we we very connected with the community um, and are very proud of our history here in Calgary.
1: So what goes on to celebrate Independent Bookstore Day, Ryan?
5: Uh, so our, our big event is a three-for-two sale mm-hmm. on all of our staff picks from uh, uh, over the year so far. Uh, so purchase any two of our staff picks and get a third one free. Um, we're also going to have other swag and deals going on um, and plenty of giveaways. Um, there's a larger contest going on put on by the Canadian Independent Bookstore Association where uh, you can visit their website and uh, rep- uh share your purchases from an independent bookstore and be entered to win some, uh, Great stuff from your local bookstore.
0: I love that. Three for two on the staff picks. Books can be expensive for sure. I just think it's a, a, you know, what you do is very original too, because yes, you can go online. There are lots of ways to get books, you know, on the digital platform. But at Owl's Nest, I know it's a big part of, you know, what you guys do on the daily as well is is having a lot of the authors come in and and sign and and meet people. And and that's kind of, you know, an art that we've lost, isn't it?
5: Yeah, uh, especially with uh, retailers getting so big, they just uh, can't accommodate uh, the, the local authors. And it's such a, a wonderful experience for everyone involved, for the author to uh, actually meet with people who have enjoyed their book and get some wonderful positive feedback. Uh, and for community members to meet with a fellow community member who, uh, you know, has put in all this time and effort and written this great book. Uh, and so getting to, to, to meet and chat with them. And yeah, so we we love our author events.
1: Excellent. We love the independent bookstores, and it's a day to salute what you do. Thank you so much for your time, Ryan.
5: Thank you so much.
1: That is Ryan Smith, co-owner of Owl's Nest Books here in town on 815A, 49th Avenue Southwest, and of course, owlsnestbooks.com. This is the weekend to support those local books. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast.